From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Capberry. In 1938, Mrs. Hermine Rentz established a folk dance group in the picturesque alpine town of Courtepin in the canton of Fribourg in Switzerland. The group was designed to give the town's home economic students a chance to learn to sew traditional Swiss clothing, and from those beginnings came the group La Farandole de Courtepin, the folk dance, and the music group joining us today. The group performs all over the world as ambassadors for Swiss culture. In fact, they're in town performing for the World Folk Fest in Springville, Utah, a festival that each year invites groups from all over the world to perform for the people in our valley. The group has a mission guided by its stated values to share in Switzerland and abroad the traditional dances and customs of the Fribourg region. They seek to familiarize young people with folk and traditions, celebrating open-mindedness, sharing, commitment, respect of traditions, and innovation. Today, La Farandole de Courtepin is made up of about 30 dancers, a brass band of 13 musicians, a team of flag swingers, and even three Alphorn players. And while you might not be able to experience the dancers and the flag twirlers here on Highway 89, we've got the brass band, we've got the alphorns, and we're ready for a terrific time with these wonderful young musicians. We'll chat with some of them during the hour, but first, let's hear some music, shall we? Composed by Jean Datuilet. Here's La Triple Danse, live on Highway 89. <laughs>
Coming to you live from Studio 6 at BYU Broadcasting, we're listening to the folk dance group. Of course, we're listening to the music section of La Farandole de Courtepin, speaking now with bass clarinetist Pascal Books. Pascal, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for the invitation. Introduce us to the band. What kind of instruments are we hearing? Well, we have a group of clarinets. We have some trumpets and cornets. We have some euphonium, the bass clarinet, the tuba, some bass some drums. We're not really a brass band. We are more uh, a fanfare or a group of musicians with some wooden instruments and some brass instruments. Very nice sound. A nice blend all together. How long have you been playing with the group? Well, for me, it's about six years now that and, I'm active. And how did you first hear about it? Just you, you heard them well, in the town? my cousin started the group two years before me. So he asked me to join them because they really needed one clarinet. At my time, there was just one. So we, I started with a festival. I had one, how do you say that? I, I received the music sheets right before the festival. So I didn't could learn then before. And it, yeah, it was a little bit stressful, but it was really nice. Well, obviously, you've done better since. How often do you perform? We have about 10 performances per year, I think. There's different performance. We have some that are all year, that came uh, every year, and some that come from time to time if people ask us to play on some festivals or some uh, other parties. We're very glad that you're here in the U.S. right now. We hope you're enjoying your time. Tell us about this next piece, Au Jardin d'Automne. I don't have much to tell about it. It's a, it's a piece that uh, represents the autumn of the year. So it's a, a happy piece with uh, a lot of with a nice dance. Nice. We'll let you pick up your bass clarinet. That's Pascal Books. We've been speaking with. We're going to hear, listen for both double and triple rhythms as you picture autumn leaves swirling around. This is La Farandole de Courtepin. Thank you. 
Coming to you live on Highway 89, Au Jardin d'Automne, the Garden in Autumn, a piece performed by the group that's visiting us today. We're going to be speaking with Jonathan Mouvier, euphonium player. Jonathan, thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you for having me. You've had a chance with this group to travel yes. to many different places. Tell me Quite some of the places you've been. Well, the year I've started, actually, they hadn't. we haven't been to a festival because it was cancelled. So the second year I played with the group, we went to Mexico, actually, to a folk fest uh, at a place called Zacatecas. And then the year after, and I have to think about it, we went to the Azores, you know, those nine islands outside of Portugal. Then yes. the year after that, where have we been? Hmm. Is this the first time for you to the U.S.? Yeah. Nice. Yes. Oh, so that's a nice side benefit of being with a folk group, is, it is getting a, to travel. It is a nice benefit, and it is actually a reason for why many of us are here next to having fun playing music and dancing and so on. It's meeting people, it's new cultures, and we've been greeted heartily here by, by Utah, so we're very glad to be here and I'm glad to perform. So when you go to a folk fest and mm-hmm. there are people from all different countries... Is it easy to make friends with all the different languages? English helps, but not always. Uh, Spanish helps. We have a lot of Swiss people that can speak Spanish, so they're an advantage. Um, it depends, actually, on the on the countries and <laughs> the people that are performing. Well, but at the Folk tried. Fest, I always see the groups cheering for each other, very happy to support each other and listen to the music. Tell me about this piece we're going to hear, Berger Berger. Also composed, as was the last one, by Jean Datwillet. When is this kind of music used? Well, this is like the piece we heard before, Jardin d'Automne. This is also a piece that changes between duple and triple meter. And actually, it's, it's supposed to show the, the male and the female shepherds, actually. That's what berger, berger means. So mm. that is the two parts are represented in this, in this music today. So waltz-like section and more march-like uh, sections, yeah. Let's hear this piece. We've been speaking with Jonathan Mouvier, who is the euphonium player here with the group, as we hear Berger Berger.
coming to you live from Studio 6. This is Highway 89. We're listening to a group from Switzerland. It's a folk dance group, and we're listening, of course, to the music section of that group of La Farandole de Courtepin. Speaking now with uh, William Schaller. William, trumpet player, thank you for playing for us today. Thank you, Tui. I'm wondering, uh, is this music you grew up hearing when you listened to music on the radio, or did you discover it as you got older? <laughs> the region where we live is a region where... Uh, music is very important, especially wind music. Every little village has its own fanfare, and uh, it's more the music we hear in uh, yeah, in our village. In the radio, we we hear the same music as you as you do. So, how old were you when you started on the trumpet? Oh, I started as I was uh, nine years old, I think, ten maybe. And how old when you joined the group? I was uh, seventeen. Tell us about this piece, uh, Fanfare du Printemps. That's a, it's a song written by uh, Joseph Beauvais, who's a composer from our region. Is this pretty well known? Yeah, a yeah it's, song, it's a famous song, and the, the choral music is also very important in our, our region. And it was then written into a, a march, and it's the most popular march in our region. William, thank you very much. We've been speaking with William Schaller, who's a trumpet player with the group, about to hear this very famous piece. As he mentioned, uh, it's based on a, a piece by Joseph Beauvais and is the most played march in the region of Fribourg. Thank you. 
a fanfare of spring, Fafra du Printemps. We're listening to a folk group in the studio with us today. We'll be speaking in just a moment with Raphael Jacquet. The group, together with their dancers, is La Farandole de Courtepin, and we're lucky to have them because they're in town with the World Folk Fest held every year in Springville, Utah, which gives us a great chance to hear groups from all different areas. Raphael, thank you for speaking with me. Thank you. So what kind of euphonium do you play? It's smaller than usual. Yeah, it's a small instrument. It's called a baritone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it basically has the same range of notes, but it, uh, the sound is a little bit clearer. The phone is more round. Then you have the trombone, who also plays the same range, but that's the most clearest instrument. Ah. So it's a little bit a mix between the euphonium and the trombone. And probably easy to carry when you march. It's easier than a euphonium, <laughs> yeah. My colleague, uh, Jonathan, has to wear like a, like a belt or something yeah, to, for the bass clarinet. For, for longer yeah, time. And I'm looking at your tuba player. She must be very strong. <laughs> yeah, for, she is. But you also play the alphorn. Yeah. There are three alphorn players with yeah. your group. Tell me about this instrument. Well, the alphorn is a instrument from medieval times in Switzerland. Also, it, it exists in many countries around the Alps, but a uh, specific Swiss instrument is called the alphorn, and it was played uh, in the mountains to communicate. It's easier to play the alphorn than to run from mountain to mountain. Well, that basically uh, formed uh, the alphorn. Were there traditional tunes? Did they have a meaning? If you heard somewhere a playing a particular piece or, or a, a fanfare, would that give you a particular uh, message? That I don't know, but I can imagine that they have different sound for different meanings. Yeah. We're going to hear a couple of pieces now. The first one is a tarantelle. The tarantelle is uh, played with the normal instruments. It's uh, an Italian dance. Switzerland is uh, influenced by Italy pretty much because they are southern na- neighbors. And so some dancers came to us and we play uh, the music Tarantelle, so it's Italian music. And the Alphonse Polka? Alphonse Polka, that we play with the Alphorn, and uh, yeah, it's uh, basically a polka. Difficulty here is because you can't play every note with the Alphorn, so the, the composer had to keep that in mind. And just write it not using those notes that wouldn't uh, play. You, you can't play every note. Uh, with the alphorn because we don't have the pistons normal instruments use pistons yeah. to do every note uh, the alphorn can't because it doesn't have yeah no valves on yeah the no valves yeah. so we've been speaking with Raphael Jacquet plays the alphorn as well as euphonium thank you very much Raphael we'll hear a pair of pieces now the next is Tarantel Nouvelle composed by De Coulon followed by Alphonse Polka a work by Bertolt Schick
listening to a pair of pieces performed by our guests in studio today. This is a group touring from Switzerland. They're part of the World Folk Fest that's held every year in Springville, Utah. Speaking with the director, Lynn Elliott, right now. And you've been a guest several times. You always I bring have. us great yeah. music. Well, thanks. And thanks for asking us back. That must be really fun for you, too. Sometimes you may know what you're getting, but I bet you get surprised, too, by dances and folk music. We get surprised. And fortunately, almost always pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so... How long has this festival been bringing musicians to this folk fest? The festival started in 1986, so 32 years ago. And in a case like this group we have today from Switzerland, how do you make the connection with them in the first place to go through the process and invite them? We have a couple of ways. We know of groups, and we will invite them. But our festival has been around long enough that groups will actually contact us and ask us if they can come to participate we're fortunate also that we do our festival here. There's a festival just the week before in Burley, Idaho, and so oftentimes we'll have a group that will come and do the Idaho Festival and ours as well. Some of these folk dance traditions, I was reading about this gained popularity in the 50s and the 60s. As it was explained to me, is after World War II, it was seen as a way to help break down um, lingering hostilities between things that had happened in Europe, because it was a European phenomenon. After World War II. After World War uh-huh. II. And so it was really popular in the 50s and 60s. The U.S. didn't really get involved until the 60s, and one of the first groups to do it was the folk dance group from BYU, who started attending festivals in the 60s. And there are other groups from Utah and parts in the United States started attending festivals. And then one thing led to another, and we figured we ought to do festivals here in America as well. One thing that I really enjoy when I've been to the festival is I see people of all different ages participating. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, Most of the groups this year are young adult age, but we have a group of a little bit older from China and then students that are elementary school age from Belarus, and it's a lot of fun. We have one more piece that we get to hear the Alphorns on. This is Im de la Suisse Romande, composed by Lucas Schmidt, performed by La Farandole de Coutepin, and we're happy to bring it to you live right now here on Highway 89.
Im de la Suisse Romande, we've heard played on three Alphorns in studio today. I can just picture that in medieval times, ringing through the Alps from village to village. We've had a great pleasure having the musicians of La Farandole du Courtepin. A Farandole is a type of dance, and Courtepin is the town that our group is from, a music and dance group from the Fribourg area of Switzerland. This is just one stop for them on a constant world tour as ambassadors of the culture of Switzerland. We've loved having them with us, an earful of clarinets, euphoniums, trumpets, drums, and the alphorns. Grateful to have Lynn Elliott with us. He's the general director of the World Folk Fest in Springville, Utah. Thanks to him for helping us arrange this visit. Find out more about the annual World Folk Festival at worldfolkfest.com. If you just caught part of the show, you'd like to hear the beginning or want to listen again or share it with a friend, you can do that. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. Follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Our student assistants are Victoria Khalil and Naomi Campbell. And the show's producer is Sam Payne. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>